Hey, witches. I'm coming on here again before this episode because this one is a nice long interview and I wanted to be able to get a chance to tell you guys about my friends at Body Art Forms. So you guys all know that I absolutely love their their jewelry. It is just amazing and I'm a moon girl. You know, everybody knows that about me. And I have these awesome moon phase hoops that I just absolutely adore. They're so lightweight, but they're so cute. They have all the little cutouts of the phases of the moon. And I just absolutely just, I love wearing them. So when like, you know, when body art forms came about in 2001, it was a chance for two sisters to do something that they love and to do it in a way that made them proud of what they do. And from the beginning, they have been driven by three major factors. So they give the best customer service in the industry. And it absolutely shows with all of those amazing five-star reviews. They believe in careers and that's why all of their employees earn a living wage and they give to charities. They donate 20% of all of their profits to charitable causes. And you can check out who they donate to by checking out their website and going to their FAQ page. So, you know, they're a small business that serves the pierced and modified community and their products are just amazing. I absolutely love them. So at Body Art Forms can be found on all social media platforms. So Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Pinterest. And you need to go head over to their website to check out their diverse selection of jewelry and accessories. So you're going to go to bodyartforms.com. That's B-O-D-Y-A-R-T-F-O-R-M-S.com. And hey, don't forget, enter that coupon code STILLROOM and get 15% off your purchase. So let's go to the show. Hey, witches. Welcome back to another episode of the Still Rooms Grimoire. My name is April Eckweiland, and today I am joined with a just a phenomenal artist. Oh my gosh, you guys, everything I see that this creator does is just absolutely amazing. And I was actually introduced to her from, from a friend of mine, Mitch, Mitch Osborne, who was on the podcast a few months ago. And I've just been following, you know, her journey and all of the amazing artwork that is created and have an amazing deck to prove it. Um, so without further ado, I would like to introduce you all to Jamie Sawyer. She is a tarot artist, a tattoo artist, and you all know I love me some ink, um, creator and teacher. And I mean, I think just overall badass. So welcome, Jamie. <laughs> Thank you, April. I'm so excited to be here with you. So nice am, to meet you. <laughs> uh, nice to meet you as well. And I'm so excited because I love... I love learning about people's processes and such. And obviously, you know, okay, you're, you, 
you draw and create tarot and you also create tattoos. And I mean, they're two of my favorite things. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's kind of like, I was like, Ooh, we, we need to chat. So tell me about your journey, this, this creation journey of yours. Tell me how it all came to be. Well, it's, it's funny. Cause I've been asked this question obviously many times. And the more I think about it, the more I realize that there would not be one without the other. Mm -hmm. So you had mentioned before we got live that you had gone to Salem a couple, you know, a couple years ago. And so in 2000, I'm dating myself here. <laughs> um, my mother and I had gone to Salem cause she lives really close to there. Oh, and wow. we had both, you know, she's always been witchy, like always, throughout my, you know, my life, people be like, Oh, Jamie's mom's a witch. She howls at the moon. And like, sometimes <laughs> she would. And, you know, so, but it was like, always just kind of on the periphery, but I've always been interested in art. And I was like the high school kid that drew a lot was the weird person, you know? Um, but it, it made me be like, okay, with all the friend clicks, because I could draw, you know what I, I mean? It was like, Oh, Jamie's artsy. So like, I knew these people, these people, these people, but so my mom and I had gone to Salem and we had gotten some book of shadows and we consecrated mm. them. And I remember doing a spell for, to become a tattoo artist. Cause it's all I wanted. Right. Wow. And then life started to happen. I was like managing a blockbuster back in that day and all that. Oh, blockbuster. And, <laughs> oh, you know, I love that job. I loved working I, at a video store. I, hey. I feel sorry for kids who don't get to do that now. Right. I know. But <laughs> they'll never know what it's like. No. Um, so they, um, so then, uh, I kind of, I was, I like started getting tattooed at that time. And so that was, you know, my focus was so on tattoos and I remember writing this tattoo spell and I forgot all about the book of shadows. Cause isn't that how like manifestation mm -hmm. of magic works? You're mm -hmm. supposed to set it and forget it. And so then it was like, fast forward, I got an apprenticeship. I was, you know, just so consumed with that from like 2002 until, 10 years ago, you know? Mm, yeah. And um, so then, so 2012 or whatever. And I had found the book of shadows. I was going through some stuff. I had started collecting crystals. I, you know, I had a deck, but I hadn't really, like, it just kind of also had been put off to the side and it was mm -hmm. actually the Morgan Greer deck. Um, and around that time, I had been asked by a couple different people to draw tattoos that were tarot inspired. Oh, and so I was like, well, those are really fun. And I go, well, how would I draw this tattoo? You know, my card that I was always connecting with at that time was like the queen of swords. So I was like, how would I draw the queen of swords as a tattoo? You know, because for me, when I'm drawing for a, a client, there's certain parameters, like a card, you're like, okay, it's going to be on this rectangular shape. There's a border or it goes off to the edge, but there's, there's a specific edge to mm -hmm. the artwork right yeah yeah but for a tattoo you're like well where do you want it if they and, and unless they want like a full back piece which they don't of you know just this tarot card like you are you're limited by the space so whenever I draw I always take into account the shape of the body part that I'm going to be drawing for mm -hmm. so when I was drawing the queen of swords I was like I'm going to draw her like a traditional question mark girl and so a question mark girl in the tattoo world is just kind of like that side profile or profile of a lady head and mm -hmm. the hair, the hair is usually doing like some question mark. And that's where that comes from. Right. But for her, I wanted her to be straight on because I was like, okay, 
you know, she's truth. She's, she's seeing right through it, even though like at that time I hadn't been studying tarot to the extent that I study now, I was just like, I knew that she was just the card that I connected with the most, you know? So I drew her as a lady head coming out of a rose and I was like, okay, the thorns of the rose. And I was kind of thinking of those type of symbols, but still mm-hmm. it was like my own thing. And then I was like, so I drew the queen of swords and then I was like, oh, I wonder what, you know, the queen of cups would look like. And I was like, oh, well, obviously a mermaid, you know, cause still mm-hmm. staying in that vein of, of um, tattoo subject matter of how I would draw for a tattoo. And, and then I drew the queen let's see and then I drew the queen of pentacles and she was the question mark girl so she had like the hair I was like I'm gonna put acorns in it I'm gonna make her look real earthy and the queen of wands is the only one that kind of gave me a little bit of um, hardship but I drew her twice and then I I settled on how I did it and then I was like crap did I just start drawing a deck (laughs) and then I did (laughs) (laughs) so that was Sawyer's path and that was my first deck and it was like it wouldn't have happened had I not been a tattoo artist. Like maybe I would have stumbled into it, but like, who knows? Cause this has been my journey for the past 20 years. Like mm-hmm. I don't really, you know, there's no separation at this point. I mean, I'm 45. So it's like more than half my life has been this, it's been art. It's been doing that. So yeah. Sawyer's path, that deck, I never thought people would want it. Like I got like think 250 copies made originally like because it was cheaper than just buying one at that time I didn't know about print on demand had I known about print on demand it may not have even become a thing you know Mm -hmm. so I bought them and then I had an Etsy shop and I put them in the Etsy and then all of a sudden people started buying them and I was like wait what like people want this other than me and that was how I met my best friend Jenna who is um, Moonlit Faye who does the tarot bags and all that Mm -hmm. like so this this artwork and this intersection of art it kind of like created this whole world that I'm I'm living right now which is just sometimes I look around and I think how bananas it is because I'm going what yeah (laughs) so it's like I wouldn't have had one without the other but now there's like an intersection of realizing that the years of me being like right now I'm semi-retired which means I still tattoo but it's a very very limited basis just because of COVID it was I just chose to close my studio. I was extremely burnt out at that time. And Mm -hmm. so now it's like the people who I've been tattooing for like 15 plus years, I have like a little speakeasy and they can come and they can get them. But it's like, I don't have a full, full schedule. You know, it's one day I will again, but I needed that time. And then in that time was when Pocket Appears was born, like all the other decks that I've created because I've had the time to just focus on deck creating, you know, so it's been, it's been a wild ride. (laughs) That is awesome. Yes. And that the pocket appears tarot deck is the one I have. And I, I absolutely love it. And I, you know, I, I know some people who are in it and it's just, it's so cool to see it. I'm like, that's so awesome. It's like goals one day to like be in a deck or make a deck. And I'm just like, this is just amazing. And just the way, just going through that Mm -hmm. and having that deck be you know, my introduction Mm -hmm. to you and your work, I was like, man, the, the way you interpret, Mm -hmm. you know, the cards is just amazing. You know, I tell people all the time in the shop when they come in, you know, for tarot cards and and Mm -hmm. such, and they're like, well, I don't know which one to get. And I'm like, well, you know, I like to say, go with the one that speaks to you. And some people go based on the artwork and, you know, it's Mm -hmm. just, it's all about the artwork and the interpretation. It's not going to be 
this, you know, textbook picture every single time. And I love, I love decks like that. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the the classic style and, you know, and the ones that are, you know, predictable with their Mm -hmm. artwork and they maybe just change the colors a bit. Right. But to be able to completely just you get to create and interpret. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just, well, that's amazing. So, so pocket of peers was like, was my reaction to becoming more involved in the tarot community and realizing that my world was so much bigger than like I had, I had not just opened the small door. I had like opened a door to a whole new universe and all there was, it was such a diverse group of people. And I remember meeting some of my my, you know, oh my gosh, girling out at, you know, mega meeting, um, Mary Greer, obviously. And mm-hmm. that year, the first time I went to the masters of the tarot conference, um, Melissa Sonova had taught. And mm-hmm. so I just went up to Melissa and I was like, I follow you on Instagram. And then all of a sudden, like, she was like, I follow you. And then like, we became friends and, you know, she was looking at Sawyer's path and she kind of scolded me. Cause she was like, you know, Jamie, there's not a lot of diversity in this deck. And I was like, Honestly, when I drew it, I hadn't even thought of that. I was drawing it from my lens, my perspective, my mm-hmm. very, you know, country living world. So Pocket of Peers was my response to learning about the Terra community, learning about how many different people are in this world, learning and honoring them, you know, mm-hmm. and, and getting to know them and talking to them. And sometimes there's, you know, there's people in the deck who I had had only a few interactions with, but I really like their energy. So I asked if they wouldn't mind, you know, being a certain card and if one, which one would they like? And I realized that each peer that I picked, they fit the card so much, Yeah, you know, it was like, they really embodied. I remember talking with Mitchell about being the eight of cups and he was like, you know, I really wanted a card where of course, like my full face was shown. He was like, but it actually is so much, it's perfect because it has his cat in it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's got like all the things and it also embodies that energy of the eight of cups, which is pondering possibilities. What is, what's going to come next when you walk away from something, what is, you know, it's kind of like the, what if, what next card, right? Right. So that like pocket of peers was also created 2020 it was right when the world shut down I was Mm -hmm. like okay if I can't be around people I'm gonna draw people and be around people you know yeah oh yeah yeah totally so it's it's, love it it's kind of neat like but taking the traditional symbols because I feel like we always keep learning right Mm -hmm. and my thing is if I was sitting across the table from somebody from you know the late 19 or the early 1900s when the Rider Waite deck was first drawn Mm -hmm. um would I have the same values viewpoints ethics would I would I interpret those scenarios the same exact way you know so I always think about how much it's this organic thing that gets to be open to what we experience in our lives today right so that's why I think we need these modern decks there's a place for tradition and oddly enough I literally just did a Rider Waite clone and wouldn't you think like I would start with that? It was like the <laughs> last one that I did. I was like, I've drawn like four decks since then. And then I was like, oh, and then you really get to see the symbols, but it makes me feel good because I know the cards that I've drawn before that aligns with like these ingrained systems that people right. come to know and love, you know? Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And <laughs> I, I love how you've also, um, you know, and came up with these like, 
casting boards and mm-hmm. tarot tiles. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, talk talk about talk that to us about those because <laughs> I was like, so I was watching like some of your videos and I'm like, okay, this is this is genius. <laughs> It's actually what I'm teaching at Newt's is an adventures in tarot casting oh, class. God, I want to go to that. You so really bad. should come. I want to. I want to so bad, but I'm like, oh, I'm traveling. I got to go to New York in September Ooh. and then I'll be in Colorado and the, like a two weeks more? after Newt's. I'm just like, oh man, I've got a shop to run. I don't know how to do this. Um, but not, it's definitely, it is definitely on my radar and I, I definitely want to, want to get there, um, get there someday, but, um, what, what are these casting boards and tarot tiles? Because they are just, I (laughs) I love them. So tarot tiles were born from my exploration with Lenormand Mm -hmm. because, in Lenormand, you can read all 36 at the same time, all 36 cards, right? And so my brain was like, and I, I was really into resin and I really was into wood burning. I mean, I'm still into all those things, but at that focus, I was like, oh, what if I took these images of my Lenormand deck that I just drew and shrunk them down somehow and, you know, like made them into resin pendants or tiles or, you know, so I, I made, I could commit to 36. I wasn't going to commit to doing 78 because that was just way too many at that time and the Mm -hmm. materials I was using and everything and I was just like it was this constant fight with bubbles like the stuff that was available you know five years ago was not the same that's available now when it comes to resin like the the molds I remember making my own molds and stuff it was a lot pain in the butt and every time I would demold them there was so many bubbles and I was just getting so frustrated so I was like I want a piece of wood with the image and the resin and I want it to be, but I want, how do we do this? And I remember talking with a couple of my clients about it, like brainstorming and stuff and landing upon the first sets that I had made back then. And I, yeah, I was like, oh my God, this is brilliant. I got it. You know, but the whole reason that came about was because I wanted to be able to do the grand tableau in a space that was like this much on my table. That was like, you know, a 12 by 12 space, not right. taking up the whole table. And so, of course, the way my brain goes, I still don't know how to do a full grand tableau. Like, I get so sidetracked because I'm like, oh, if I'm going to now I can commit to just the majors, I'm going to do the majors of Sawyer's path. Mm-hmm. So I did the majors and I was like, well, you know, you want the whole deck. OK, so do it. And it wasn't that I could do them all at once like we do now. Like we have our infrastructure at the house has changed so much that when we do a set of tiles, we're doing a full set all at once. Back then when I was doing it, it took me over a week to do, you know, a full set because I was only limited to a certain amount of molds or a certain right. amount of things, you know? Right. And so then I just started playing with them. I started like laying the tiles around the cards and I realized my mind when I would see the big card and then the little Lenormand cards or the little cards around it, the little cards weren't as loud visually, you know, when we see something in art, we see something that is bigger and that's the dominant thing, mm-hmm. right? So in art, um, before people realized what perspective was, if they wanted to show perspective, say you were holding an apple like this, you know, out in front of you, the apple's going to be huge in comparison to your head because it's going to show that that's closer. So that's right. the thing that you're, you're focused on. So when my eye would look at the, the cards with the tiles around it or with the smaller things, it would go, the big thing is the card in the center 
and the little ones are kind of like, oh, but did you hear that? What about this? Did you think about <laughs> that? You know, and it would just kind of like interject little things. So when I do the tarot casting that you've seen in my YouTube videos or in you uh -huh. know, wherever you've seen them, I literally, when I do them, I see the main focus of the middle card or whatever big cards I'm using. And then the little cards will be like, if it's the Empress, the, the word will be create comes out. And everything else I know about the Empress kind of goes to the side. And I'm like, okay, create. And then depending on if there's another card under it, say it's the seven of cups, we like create your fantasy, you know? So I just pick a key word from each one. Mm -hmm. And then I just keep spiraling them around into the bigger card until it comes out into this full conversation, you know? Oh, wow. The casting boards came about again because of Lenormand because of the grand tableau I was like I'm gonna make a map I'm gonna make this thing so when I lay him out I can pull the tile up and say okay dog is in the house of the scythe you know and I could say that's what this means again I still <laughs> I made the grand tableau house board and people were like oh it's brilliant I love it it makes a lot of sense it's a good cheat sheet Mm -hmm. I started using it and started layering the cards over it and realized that there was a spread that I really liked that just kept coming up. And I was using a main tarot card, one of my Oracle cards, which is a round deck. And then I would put the tarot tiles around the main card and then Lenormand cards around the bottom and on the sides. And I kept using that same spread until I realized like, oh my gosh, you've created this spread. And this is akin to like a three card spread to me. You know, so oh, like wow. some people will do like a three card and I'll do what I call the daily casting, because for me, what happens is, as you can tell, as I talk a lot, I have a very busy brain. So I learn these systems, you know, I learn like I do a lot of study. I was almost freer in tarot before I started reading any books about it. Uh huh. Once I learn how to do something, once I learn the history of it, once I learn the tradition of it, then I get almost, I force myself into a box because I'm like, well, that's what this is supposed to mean. 20 authors can't be wrong if they're all saying the same thing, you know, that this is what this means. And I'm like, that's not what this means. It just 20 authors agree that that it could mean that, right? Right, right. So when I layer them, when I bring in Lenormand, when I bring in an Oracle card, or if I add crystals or dice or whatever with whatever I'm doing it gives me like a permission slip to forget the codexes forget the tradition it, it's saying all right you're throwing all these players into a room what kind of conversation are they going to have because mm -hmm. you have if people of tradition are in one room they're all going to stay in that traditional mindset but if you bring in like you know add a bunch of like children to the mix or add a bunch of like it's the whole energy is going to change right kind of how it feels when I do a tarot casting reading because it's the backdrop is the stage for all of them to show up on and then they get to have this conversation outside of the codex they can say okay well the, the talking point is going to be your main card but everything else is going to be like bringing up different perspectives I guess and I mean I'm mm -hmm. not the first person to layer readings I know it's nothing new but it helps my mm -hmm. brain get out of this static box, I guess, you know, so the casting boards, when I, when I ventured away from the grand tableau and also, um, functionality, I like the boards because when I shuffle, I need to shuffle on a hard surface. Mm -hmm. If I shuffle on fabric or anything, I, I don't know how to shuffle in the air. Like I, my hands are too small. So I I'll shuffle on the table. So I need that hard surface and the casting board is a hard surface. So it's yeah. like, it allows me to do that without crumpling up and messing up. Um, and then I just started drawing things and I was like, 
oh, let's see what the laser engraver can do. I wonder if it could draw this, you know, like if I draw this art, how's it going to engrave it? And then I realized that I could do different backdrops to set a stage. Um, remember back to the story of going to Salem and doing the, mm-hmm. the Book of Shadows consecration, all that. I'm a really lazy, bad witch. Um, I like the idea of ritual. I won't do it. I don't, I don't like candles. I don't do it. Like when I want to use my cards, I want it to be, I'm going to pick cards and use them. I don't want to have right. to do a whole ritual. Some people love it. And I'm not knocking that for me right. personally, the casting boards take the place of the rituals. So like, if I want to do something with shadow work, I'll grab my shadow casting board and I know, okay, I've set up to this room. This is the casting board is the shadow board. This is what we're going to be talking about. It's like, I always, I tell people, it's like going to a library. You're going to act one way in a library as you would into a nightclub. So the boards set a different stage for each, you know, whatever you're showing up to use your cards for. And sometimes they're just pretty backdrops for Instagram photos, but. I mean, okay. <laughs> and I love how they're um, like, some, you have stickers that mm-hmm. can go. And I'm like, this is perfect because <laughs> it can just go in the book. Mm-hmm. and you always have it and <laughs> I'm just like I I need to ch- I need to try this because I mean I've used you know like like tarot and an oracle card mm-hmm. but all of that that you I want to try it so I want you to try it bad <laughs> and and like and like w- figure it out and just kind of see what it's all about because it's just you're just explaining it and my mind's going, oh my gosh, this is freaking amazing. This is, oh wow. Holy shit. Oh my God. <laughs> That's all my brain was doing the whole time you were talking was like, I need all the things. All the things. So I can do mm-hmm. this. So um, another question for you, because mm-hmm. I, you know, I noticed from, you know, your your site and obviously like from following you on social that you have the, the 33, six, mm-hmm. uh, on there. So funny thing, I'm a 33, six too. Oh, welcome. Yes. <laughs> so yes. many people are like, what does that mean? No, like, I'm like, what it's they just my about? life path number. It's yeah. Math. <laughs> just math and you know, math. numerology and all that fun, all that yep. fun stuff. So how does all that play into I mean, I'm sure it plays into it quite, quite a bit, but how does it like, how did it shape all of this? Well, the 33, six was just kind of at that time, I was really interested. I had gone to, um, again, I had the first time I had ever actually gone to Omega. It was not for the tarot. It was a friend had wanted to go there and she just picked a speaker. So I was like, yeah, I'll go with you. It's only like a couple hours from my house. Mm -hmm. Um, so she picked Dan Millman and I never heard of Dan Millman. I didn't know who he was. And then, so we went and I was like blown away by Dan Millman. His, his workshop at that time was like the four purposes of life. But the, the book that he wrote was uh, the life you were born to live. And he talks a lot about life path numbers in that. And that was when I first realized that I was a 33, six, because the way that he, you know, in this book and I'm reading it and I'm like, oh my God, that's me. That's me. You know, like the master number 33, and then it reduces down to six, but it's like people on a six life path have this and they're here to work through this. And, you know, it's talking about like, has like stomach issues and stuff like that. And if they're working the path in the negative and I was like, oh my God. And 
during like the darker times, I used to have like really horrible stomach issues. And I was mm-hmm. like, it was just like the first time that I've ever seen like numerology in that sense, you know, right. so the 33, six had just kind of stuck with me. And then when I was like creating a new Instagram, because I've had like five or six different Instagram accounts, um, I was trying to create one that was separate from my tattoo portfolio. And I was trying to do one that was just me and all the other random stuff that I like to do. So I was like, oh, I'm going to do Jamie, you know, Sawyer 33.6. And I did underscore 33.6. Because I had I realized it was going to be come my brand, I wouldn't have underscored it or hyphenated it or done anything. I would have just done it what right. it is now from the start, which is just Jamie Sawyer 33.6. But I mean, I wish I could say it goes deeper than that. It's just become more of my brand. And every once in a while, I'll circle back to the numerology of it. But Mm -hmm. I guess I just like, I'm aware that it's there. I know like six is the lover's card. And that's also, you know, my birth card. And Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, wow, that's Gemini. I'm a Gemini, you know, and you could see all the synchronicities of it when you look for them. But other than it being my brand at this point, I don't, I don't give too much to it because then it almost is like I'm not in control of my life but I'm right. very much in control of my life right so. <laughs> yeah yeah I loved I loved reading you know because I was you know scoped out your website mm-hmm. and looked <laughs> all the stuff and I'm like ooh, I like this um you know and read you know your bio and I love how you put you know like here's the short version and then now oh, if you're if you're still reading here you go here's some more <laughs> I was just thinking like do people actually read this stuff no so I, I was just long-winded. like I was, I was uh, me I did um and I think I think correct me if I'm wrong you also mentioned that you were born on a full moon mm-hmm. yeah me me too me too are we twins did we did <laughs> I mean I was born in November okay <laughs> I have Scorpio rising and moon. Yeah, I'm yeah, Scorpio said I'm Taurus moon and Leo, Leo rising. Nice. Um, but um, but yeah, no, and I'm I'll be what how old am I? I can't even think of that. I'll be 47 this year. So you know, I used to wonder like um at what age you forgot how old you were. I know, right? And it's mid forties, mid forties. You forget. I, like, I was like, oh, I'm going to be 45. And I was like, wait, I've been saying I was going to be 45 for like two years. Like, no, <laughs> how old am I? 77, carry the Y. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just like, I can't math. I'm not mathing. I'm sorry. I just can't just, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm no. old. You know, I remember certain things. I know, mm-hmm. you know, you know, I remember Blockbuster. You know? Right, right. That's why I'm like, I'm dating myself. Hanging out like, in there. I know people come in and I'm like, yeah, I'm dating myself. And I'll mention something and they'll look at me like, what? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, never mind. Never mind. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I think it's, I think it's cool that you, you know, incorporated that, you know, into everything. And it's good to kind of, you know, even if it does become, you know, or, or your brand and yeah. such that you, you go back you know, mm-hmm. you kind of go back to it and, and everything. So I think it's, I mean, I think it's pretty, I think it's pretty cool. So like with, with everything, with like all of your, you know, creations and, you know, your deck creations and such, how do you like from a creative mind, how do you just like, you just like one day go, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to just start here or I, I have an idea or I have, cause I know you just, there's the one deck, was it the out of hand that mm-hmm. I think yep, that's just, the one I have. You for, just did. Yeah. yeah. So do you just so, go, yep, this is what I'm going to do. 
go with it. So Out of Hand Tarot is based, it's a spinoff slash companion deck to Packet of Peers because mm-hmm. it is based off of the Aces and the Fool, Wheel, and World. Um, the f- Aces are all the same in Out of Hand as in Packet of Peers. And basically it was, it came about um, after I had drawn the Nested Tarot and actually I had I had hand carved the nested tarot. I didn't plan on doing a whole deck, but there we were. Um, And the nested tarot was just all linoleum block printing, hand carving. And I chose a shape that I really enjoyed creating when I used to do, I've done tons of nesting dolls as tattoos. I, you know, some of my best friends, they collect them. So what my father collects them. Mm -hmm. Um, And they were just fun. It was like a fun shape to continue carving. And I was like having so much fun carving. And I had four cards left of the nested tarot and then Russia attacked Ukraine. And I was like, people are not going to take this the way that I had intended at this moment in time. So I Mm -hmm. shelved it. I mean, I did get it printed. It's coming. It will arrive with the out of hand deck because so many people want it, you know, but Mm -hmm. I was just kind of like, I'm going to just take a step back because this is a moment that, you know, this is, it was just, I was following the guides and the gut feelings that I was getting at that time. Right. And I had drawn a couple spinoff cards from out of hand because people were like, oh, it'd be really neat to see. Like, I love the hand cards in Pocket of Peers. It'd be really cool to see a whole deck like that, you know? And I was like, it would be really cool. So I imagined I had drawn um, the 10 of swords was one of the earlier cards I had drawn because I was like, well, that to me, is a tattoo artist, mm-hmm. you know, because when people come to get a tattoo, a lot of times they are commem- commemorating a major milestone that they have overcome or, you know, feeling physical pain to feel alive. You know, there's, right. there's certain, it's like a bloodletting, right? So for me, I was like the tattoo artist card is the 10 of swords and, you know, it's also the sun of sun and Gemini. So I was like, that's me, you know, like, this is me, this is going to mm-hmm. be part of me. So I drew that and then I had drawn the moon card one night because I was like, I always see the moon as a reflection. So I sat there and I had this like antique um, mirror. And so I just kind of drew what is the moon card and out of hand. And that that deck had just kind of been, you know, on my periphery, like just sitting there until it was ready. And then when the nested tarot, when I was done with that, I remember just kind of talking to the muses because I'll talk a lot about how I talk to the muses and I say, if out of hand is supposed to become a deck, please help me. Like I could visualize some of them, but I couldn't visualize all the concept sketches. I was having a hard time with some of them. It was like pretty, there was a blockage. Right. And muses for me, they like to show up at like 4 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> I remember waking up at 4 a.m. and I had the concept for every single card. And I got up and I just started typing in my my good notes. And I was like, you know, I already had the aces, but I was like, okay, the two of pentacles is going to be, you know, two people reaching across the counter with, you know, trying to come across the counter, coming across the aisle, like seeing the balance, getting on mm-hmm. the same page, comparing, like, why are we comparing apples to oranges? They're both fruit, you know, like, like, so out of hand, the whole concept of it, it's a spinoff, like I said, to pocket appears because it's based on those, the backs are the same, the edging is the same. So that way, if you wanted, if you have pocket of peers and you have out of hand and you want to create your own custom deck using mm-hmm. peers and scenarios, you can. 
Oh, like wow. say, say you and Mitchell are in a fight. I doubt that would happen. <laughs> wonderful human, but you want to just don't want to see him right now. You could swap it out for the eight of cups from the out of hand card, you know? So oh, that's wow. Oh, so they were, they work together. So I like that, <laughs> but it was, it was like also a good teaching deck in the sense of helping you embody the lessons of the tarot where you're like, all right, well, what does the three of wands look like? Well, the three of wands mm -hmm. in my deck is um, in the out of hand deck is somebody packing their bags. And in the background, you see a calendar with X's on it and then a circle, you know, so they're packing a bag, getting ready for going through the trip that they've planned, right? You know, getting ready to get out there and see the world. Um, so each one I wanted to, to kind of bring you into the card so sometimes you're the person and sometimes you might be viewing the person. So like the Empress is a picture of my mother when she was, you know, in 1977, when she was pregnant with me and it's like such a hippie Empress vibe. And I was uh -huh. like, okay, that's going to be the Empress card, you know? So it would be like, what would you feel if you saw that person, you know, like, what is she bringing into this world? What is, you know, what are you creating? What do you, you know? So like, some of the cards are first person. Some of them are observing first person, but you might be the person, you know, the figure too. So it's, it's just a different concept, I guess, but. That's, it sounds amazing. It sounds, it sounds amazing. So with that, <laughs> so we do a tarot card of the week and I would love it if you could pull one. Yay. Oh my God. I love it. And we'll, you know, we'll, we'll get a picture of what you pull mm -hmm. and we can post it, um, you know, on our socials for it. So yeah, let's see what, what you got. Hard for the week for the listeners. Oh, I can't wait. They're almost here. Well, they're shipping tomorrow. Oh. so soon oh <laughs> happy travels steps cards for the week oh seven oh. of cups oh i like that oh y'all will see it when we post it <laughs> <laughs> So the seven of cups in this deck shows um, a hand holding tickets from like a old fashioned, not even old, like an arcade, um, you know, like this person has played a lot of skee ball and now they are going to their prize counter Ooh. to pick something that could be so much better than a plastic eraser, you know? Um, <laughs> so it's, the seven of cups, when I see it, I think about the opportunities, you know, like all that glitters isn't necessarily gold. So just kind of choose wisely about what you may be confronted with this week. If there's options, you know, just kind of weigh them out before you cash in all your tickets. Um, you know, do you really need a plastic snake to scare your parents with or, <laughs> you know, so it's, it's just kind of like what I always think what is real versus what is uh, illusion when I see this card, but it's, you know, sometimes the idea of something is so much better than it actually is. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I love it. That I mean, just looking at it, it's just, yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> Absolutely perfect. I love it. Happy choices. <laughs> Yay. So how can everybody connect with you and like, you know, see like your amazing artwork and, you know, see and get your 
your, your wares? How can they connect with you? <laughs> I make it very easy to find me. Um, Jamie Sawyer, three, three, six.com is my website. It has my blog, my socials, my newsletter. You can get to YouTube from there um, on YouTube. It's Jamie Sawyer, three, three, six. It's basically Jamie Sawyer, three, three, six on everything. Uh, YouTube, Patreon, no, Patreon is just Jamie Sawyer. Um, Instagram, what am I on? TikTok. I'm not as active on that, but on Facebook, it's Sawyer's Path because for some reason they said Jamie Sawyer 336 wasn't a real word and I couldn't use it. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, whatever. Uh... But my website is jamiesawyer336.com. I spend most of my time between Facebook and Instagram, although I'm trying more with YouTube lately. Uh, I am private on Instagram now. So if you also are private or you look like you might not be a real person, just send me a message so I can accept your request because I have been cloned and scams for the last time I'm done. I had to Uh, shut down my old account. Well, it's inactive now. Uh, Yeah. So why are people just I'm not, that's, I'm not even a reader. That's, that's what bothers me. I'm an artist, but it works. So it's like, if it didn't work, they wouldn't keep scamming people. So yeah. it obviously works, right. you know? Yeah. Ugh. Well, cool. Well, we'll make sure that we definitely, you know, get all of your, your information in the show notes so everybody can connect with you and see your amazing work. So thank you so much for taking the time to, um, you know, to chat with me and to answer some questions. And I just want to like, I just want to do like all the casting <laughs> boards now. Like I just, that's what I want to do. That's my goal. I want to, I want to figure it out and do it and just, just figure it just out. Do it. Just, it just do it. sounds, There's... it's just amazing. <laughs> just, I mean, guys, seriously, like go and watch these videos on, on YouTube. I could just sit there for hours and just be like, Oh, this is awesome. I want to <laughs> do that. And, and just, just see what, what, you know, we've been talking about. It is absolutely amazing. There is so no wrong is, way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So this has been a production of the still room music by Breakmaster cylinder. Uh, don't forget our Facebook group, awaken the witch. You can find us in there and we are also on, you know, Facebook and uh, Instagram at the Still Rooms Grimoire Pod, as well as all of the shop info um, on there as well. So again, thank you so much, Jamie. I really appreciate this. And um, I look forward to seeing what you come up with and create next. This is awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Take care, witches. Blessed be.